Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4. And uh, it's for every one of us. Would you please say, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ears, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. May that be your portion. Father, I just want to thank you. Holy Spirit, speak your word today. By the power of your grace. And indeed, hear our prayers. That our ears will be open to what you have to say. And to bless us. Amen. If you read in, uh, my message is titled, let me give the uh, title of the message. Vision gained. Vision lost. And vision regained. Or, Dream gained, dream lost, and dream regained. If you read in Matthew 28, on Friday, for the disciples, that was a horrible day. When they met Jesus and they saw the miracles, saw Lazarus raised from the dead, their thinking went way up, their dream. They didn't realize Jesus kept telling them what was going to happen, but they couldn't get it. Their hopes were way up. This man that can raise somebody who had been dead for four days, and they seen him also raise other dead people. Their thinking... He's going to be well with us. This Jesus, when he is ready, he's going to take over everything. Get rid of the Romans and reign. And we know him. And we are going to be by his side because we are his friends. He called them, I call you friends. We are his friends. We are going to reign with him on earth. This is going to be wonderful. The Jews are going to be... They had dreams. And then Friday came. And then Sunday. I mean on Saturday. The Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. You can have your Friday. And Saturday... Of pain. But Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. You know, the disciples actually watched Jesus. I guess if, 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 if you put yourself in their position, you're thinking, well, they arrested him. He's going to do something. Right? Something is going to change. And they're watching what's going to happen. He's going to change. He's not going to let Pilate humiliate him. He's going to do something. That's the way I would think. I'm sitting there wondering. When is he going to do something? When is he going to come out of this? They didn't understand that he was dying for their sins. They had no idea. 
They had no clue. They had heard the words of John the Baptist who said to them, to some of them, this is the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. But they had been in times of miracles here and there and bread multiplied. They were not thinking that could ever happen. In fact, Peter told him when he said something about that, Peter says, that can never happen to you. And Jesus rebuked him. They didn't expect him to be in that situation. Their dreams were way up. You can imagine what John, John did. Uh, John and James, they actually went to Jesus and they wanted to sit at the right and the left. They were dreaming. But then, Good Friday came. And that was a day of pain for them. And I'm sure that they were thinking all along, he's going to do something. And then they watched him nailed to the cross. If you were one of those disciples with so much hope, their hope was really down. And then they watched him die. They, didn't, they, they heard him talk about the last. It's a funny story if you read it. The disciples had forgotten about the third day. But the devil didn't forget. If you read in, in uh, Matthew 28, they actually went and they, they went to Pilate and said, Now, listen, the, the, there is a stone over the tomb. But listen, this deceiver... They were the deceivers, but they said this deceiver said in the third day he was going to rise. And so we got to get guards to go guard his tomb and seal it up. So they went and got guards and sealed up the tomb. You know what I believe? Satan was nervous after killing Jesus. He knew he had made his greatest mistake. They were all excited about killing him, but the disciples were suffering, but Satan was also in pain in anticipation of what might happen. He had no idea, and so he employed men, that's silly, uh, to guard the, to- the tomb so that if Jesus rises, they'll kill him again. <laughs> Can you rise again? But they were not thinking. And they sealed the tomb. Concerned about that. I'm going to show you where this is. You have to understand as you read scripture. Please understand that what God wants you to know is what he calls the way of the Lord. God has his ways of doing things. And so when you study scripture, if you will gain understanding, you would have found what the word of God says, the way of the Lord. I am the truth, the way, and the life. And God told Abraham, told the angels, I know him because he's going to bring up his kids to follow the way of the Lord. 
That's the way it is. So understand, when you read scriptures, not just get the story alone, as you read scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, begin to find for yourself the way God does his things. You know, there is a time for you to gain your vision or your dream. You are all excited and you think it's not happened yet, but it's in the future, but you are all excited about it because God has given you something and it's going to work out for you and this is happening here and that's happening there. You know it's from God. That's the time you gain your vision. But there's going to come a time, possibly, if, you, if that's the way God wants it, where you will lose the vision completely. And God alone is the one that awakens the vision again. And when he does, the result is always greater. I'm going to read the scripture to you so we can continue with this. It says in Luke chapter 24, beginning from verse 18 to 21, it says, Then the one whose name was Cleopas, Jesus had made these two guys, they had gone to the city of Emmaus. They were going to the city of Emmaus. And after, this was Sunday. And they had heard, these individuals were with the disciples. They had heard Mary said he was risen again. But the, the Peter and John went and they found nothing. And so now, the confusion was even greater for them. And so they were going to Emmaus, and they were talking, and Jesus joined them talking. They closed their eyes so they couldn't know or recognize him. And Jesus asked them, what, what are you guys talking about? And you're so sad. And when he said that, then this Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have you not known the things which happened there in these days? Basically, the things we have suffered and the loss we have felt in these days. And he said to them, what things? This is Jesus speaking. What things? They couldn't recognize him. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. They were telling Jesus, the one who was crucified. They crucified him. But we, this is the hope now, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem what nation? Just Israel alone. That was their vision. Just Israel. We were hoping that he was the one that would redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. And I didn't want to go further because they said the women came and now we are even more confused. We don't know what's going on. We, we, we don't know what's going on. So Jesus began, according to the scriptures, 
he started showing them things about himself. All the way from Genesis, just all the way to Malachi, Malachi, New Testament wasn't written then, showing things about himself in the Old Testament. And so they were glad to hear these things. They didn't know it was Jesus. Their hope was gone. But now, Jesus was awakening their hope again. Do you understand? The vision was lost. Now, the, Jesus, the vision is being awakened in them. It says in verse uh, 29, it says, But they constrained him. Jesus pretended like he was going past the mass. So they said, Stay with us, abide with us, for it is towards evening. The day is fast spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as they sat at the table with them, as he sat at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it. This is an amazing. So when Jesus comes into your life, you invite him into your life, guess what he does? He takes over. He didn't allow them to break the bread. They invited him. He was the one breaking the bread. Amen? So please understand, when you genuinely, with joy, bring Jesus into your life, he takes over. And everything that's not like Jesus is going to go out. He took over. He broke it and gave, gave it to them. Okay? Whose bread was it? It belonged to them. But now, he's giving their bread back to them. Amen? He took over. Please get that. Then their eyes were opened. When you receive from Jesus, guess what's going to happen? Your vision comes back again. Your eyes are opened. There is a time where in your own life, possibly right now, you had so much dream for your future. God had put something in you, and you're looking forward to what God can do through you. But other events have come in. And now, it seems like you are on a, your Saturday, which may be short or long, is in your case was short, but it's, it's wrong. You've been there. You've given up your hope. You don't believe anymore that this will happen. So you, you stay in there, that hopelessness, thinking is over. Everything around me tells me there is no way I can get back to that dream. But I'm telling you, that's Saturday, but Sunday is coming in Jesus' name. Your Sunday is coming. Your Sunday is coming. So let Jesus awaken your dream. Let Jesus awaken the vision you have for your life. He's not all lost. Not if Jesus is there. It's not all lost. Your vision can be awakened. And this is the way God does his thing. He gives you a vision. And you think, most of the time, we think, I'm just thinking. This is my own thought. No. He knew you before you were born. Those thoughts are not generally your thoughts. Especially when it comes to your life, your family, your hope, your faith. And everything, that's coming from God. That's coming from God. 
you have to realize it. But Satan has a way of bringing darkness into that vision. And you all of a sudden, events have come into your life. Things have happened to you. Your marriage and everything. You had so much hopes for your marriage. Or your finances. Your, all of different things that we experience in life. And then all of a sudden, things happen. And you say, it's not going to ever happen. First, you're sad. And there are regrets. You blame yourself. Or you blame somebody else. And then you settle. For a long Saturday. The vision is gone. Your vision for this great business. You were in the business. And it seems like there's so much more coming to me in this business. God's going to bless me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give to this. I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden, things happen. You didn't cause them to happen. They just happen. Because Satan is after your life. To discourage you. To take away your dream. And knock you down. And tell you, you will never rise again. But when you have Jesus in your life, God will awaken that same vision. Amen? God will awaken the vision. So don't give up your vision. Never give up your hope. Never. Not as long as you are still in this body that Jesus took, flesh and blood. Never give up your hope. Put your hope in God. All the circumstances may be negative. God doesn't care. It will awaken that same vision. And I see that through the scriptures. As a pattern. And I'm going to go through three and there are more in the scriptures. God gives you a vision. In that time, he walks with them and they will see a dream. And then that's how he speaks to them. I'm going to start with Abraham. Think about Abraham. God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12 and said, Come out from your father's house to a place I will show you. And then God says, You will be fruitful. I will multiply you. God told him that. And at that time, when Abraham left, in his mind, God will multiply me, multiply my household through Sarah and I. And that was it. Abraham was 75 years old at that point. A lot of hope. God has spoken to him. If he didn't believe it, he wouldn't have moved from his household. He believed what God had told him, so he moved. And I tell people, when God's leading you sometimes... Abraham left. God wasn't in front of Abraham walking. Just follow me. Follow my shadow. There was nothing like that. Abraham went wherever. He went into Canaan. And then while he was in Canaan, then God told him, I'll give this land to you. Amen? So, a lot of hopes. It was a good land. Flowing with milk and honey, right? So Abraham was dreaming in his mind. Wow! This great land, my kids, my children, my grandchildren will inherit this place. 
years passed. No child. Sarah was barren. You see that? It seemed like all hope lost. How is God going to do this? And so when God spoke to Abraham, I believe that was Genesis 15, he planned with his wife uh, to do something different. Help God in a way. You know what I mean? So he says, sleep with my maid so we can have, this word of God can be fulfilled. God dealt with it and never said much about it. But then, in Genesis chapter 17, when Abraham was a hundred years old, probably 99, almost a hundred years old, then God started talking to Abraham. He said to Abraham, there are certain things that God did, it was kind of, funny for me when you read it. First thing he told Abraham, he says, walk with me and I will establish my covenant with you forever. And that was nice. Abraham was quiet. Abraham was on his face when God started speaking to him. That didn't matter. Yes, ah, that's, you told me that before. He accepted that. And then God said to him, from now on, you will no longer be called Abraham, but you will be called Abraham because you will be father of many nations. You know what God was doing? Abraham had settled at that point. He had his son Ishmael, and that was it. He wasn't hoping for anything more. Bless Ishmael and bless. That, that's all he was. He had given up the vision. And God, that's the place. He had the vision before. Now it was lost. He's been since 75. When he was 75 years old, now it's about 100 years old. He, he says, There's no way this happens. No way. So he settled, and God was reawakening his vision. And so that's what God, he has a way of doing it. Little by little. He said to Abraham, uh, uh, I'll change your name. You will be father of many nations. And in Abraham's mind, yes, I believe that part, but uh, it's going to be through Ishmael. He said nothing. And after that, God said, okay, now there's going to be a mark of the covenant for you. And so, it's circumcision. He believed it. Abraham said, okay, that's fine. We established this covenant. I'm going to be father of many nations through Ishmael. And he never said a word. But notice what happened. In Genesis 17, verse 15, it says, Then God, then after God has spoken to him, now this is the word, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Abraham was cool with that. And then God said, and I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. 
just like Abraham, father of nations. She shall be mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Guess what? Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. <laughs> he said, how is that going to happen? He has settled. Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And look at what he said. He said, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? He was not believing this is a joke. And Abraham said, Oh God, or to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you forever. He has settled with Ishmael. Can you get it? Yes, come where you settle. This is the way it's been for many years. Nothing is going to change. I've never had a good marriage. I've never had good children. Whatever the problem, my business, and whatever the problem is, you've settled. But just like Jesus reawakened your dream, may he awaken your dream in Jesus' name. May he bring back that vision to you. May you begin to live your vision not what you're going through today, but what God is going to do for you, which is a mark of faith in God that things are going to change. No way these things will remain the same because I serve the living God and he will awaken your vision today in the name of Jesus. May God awaken your vision today so you know God is on your side. And the Bible says if God is with you, who can be against you? Let him reawaken your vision this morning. Notice what is amazing. Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No! That's not going to be the case. Where you are is not going to be where you be. It's going to change. Because I'm going to reawaken that vision. And so God said, no. Sarah, notice God didn't call her again, Sarah. He changed. He said, Sarah, your wife shall, hear, shall bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac. God went further. Amen. Name the child. And Abraham knew if God has named the child, just by those words alone, that child will be. And you know, when that happened, and it says, and I will establish my covenant with him, that's the one. I've talked to you about the covenant, but not with Ishmael. It's going to be in him, the one that you can't see today. You can't see what God's going to do with your life tomorrow. But let God awaken your vision. And think on that. Think on the future. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. He says he has a great future for you. So things may be down today. Don't look to it. 
But look at what he's going to do for you in the future. I try not to look at think of anything. The dream that I believe that God has given me for our church, which is the vision, that's what I sleep with. That's what I wake up with. It's always in my mind. Always in my mind. I pray about it. I pray about it. And I know that it was God that awakened that dream because of what he had told me years ago where before I started ministry. So I know. But you see, God had dealt with uh, Abraham and instantly Abraham, no more question. He went home and circumcised the whole family. What does that say? He believed what God said. (laughs) But please don't try to convince your wife. In a matter like this, as she was nine, or she was close to eighty-nine years old, woman. Then in Genesis eighteen, we were talking about Genesis seventeen. Genesis eighteen, God showed up with two angels to Abraham, and Abraham invited them in, and and they, Abraham prepared a meal for them, and they ate. It's amazing. God with two angels. They ate food on earth. And after they had eaten, they started to speak to Abraham. It says, Then, Genesis 18, verse 9 and 10, Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? You see, God had dealt with Abraham, and the dream was already back. The hope was back. But Sarah, that was another thing. She needs to be in the same. Because how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? So, so he said, he, here in the tent, Abraham said to God, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. And when Sarah heard it, guess what she did? She laughed again. That's why the name of the child, you know, God knew what was going to happen between these two guys. Isaac, laughter, right? That's the meaning. Isaac, laughter. She laughed. And God said, why did Sarah... I mean, outside the tent, but you already knew. Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And she says, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) I didn't laugh. No, he said, I know you laugh, but my word is true. Next year, by this time, this is what's going to happen. And she never laughed anymore. The dream was awakened. Amen? Now, let me show you something. Initially, when the dream came, it was to inherit Canaan, right? But when God comes in and the dream is awakened, God is now saying, not only Canaan, there will be, you will be father and mother of what? Nations. When God reawakens your dream and the dream is fulfilled, 
the latter part of the dream is greater than the beginning. Always. The disciples, all they said, if you can read in Acts chapter 1, they wanted, they said, we were hoping he would be the Redeemer. The Savior of Israel. But when it was over, in fact, after Jesus rose, they were still into that. When are you going to get the kingdom back to Israel? But that wasn't what God is, what was thinking. God awakened the dream and they got it. After the day of Pentecost, they knew they were going to inherit the world. Amen? All nations. All nations. That was Abraham. But let me t- let you know about Moses. I'm trying to show you the way of the Lord. When Moses was little, he grew up in Pharaoh's house, household, and he was a prince. And he knew, I'm sure, because his mother raised him. They sent him back to the mother to raise him for the king's daughter. So, so he knew his origin. And he saw what was happening to the Jewish people. And somehow he knew God was going to use him as the deliverer. The dream was there. But his sole thinking was, let me walk from my position and help my people and make life a little bearable for them. And you know the story. He went out and he killed an Egyptian. And after he killed the Egyptian, the word came out that Moses had done this. And Moses knew Pharaoh would kill him for it. Guess what he did? He ran for his life. He married a wife, Jacobet. That's his mother. He married a wife from the land of Midian and settled. He settled. The vision to help his people was totally gone. Can you understand? He had that vision, and then in the land of Midian, where he's gotten married again, he had forgotten about everything concerning the vision. He had even forgotten about his people. He had his own life, his wife, family. That was it for him. The vision was gone. Can you see the pattern? The vision was gone. He was now surviving. Actually, he settled. He was in the land. He was doing okay. From a priest to that position, like a shepherd. (laughs) But then God decided to reawaken the dream. You know the story. And uh, I'm not going to read the scripture because I know you know the story. But... All of a sudden he was walking. May God pour fire into our heart. And he saw a burning bush. Right? And, and something told him, check it out. <laughs> That's the spirit of God saying, check it out. And he went there, he was shocked. The bush was burning, but nothing was disintegrating. And he was thinking, how can this be? And God spoke to him. And he felt, God said, now, I've heard the cry of my people. And I'm sending you back to your former dream. He had forgotten. Moses said he came up with all kinds of excuses. You know that? And God said, well, he said, you know, God, I can't talk. 
uh, why don't you say somebody else? Do something, but I, I'm, I'm, you want me to go before Pharaoh? I'm going to lose my life, he's thinking. I can't do that. And God said, what is in your hand? Uh, a, a, a rod, he threw it down, became a snake, picked it back up again. And God said, this, but he still wasn't satisfied. He has settled. And God was reawakening that dream in him. Amen? And then after words, he decided, okay, I'm going to try this. And God said to him, I'm going to make you a God over Pharaoh. You will be like a God. And you don't have to speak to him. Tell your brother to speak to him. So Moses gets there with his rod and he says, tell him. And then his brother Aaron will tell the king, God has said for you to do this. And the king refuses, the king refuses Pharaoh refuses, and he says, he threw his, threw his rod down. You know the story, right? Became a snake, and Pharaoh said, big job. Magicians, you all do this. But this time, Moses was standing on his vision. Can, you hear, can I hear an amen? Moses was standing on his vision. He believed there was God. There were discouraging things that happened because the Jews, when Moses started, Pharaoh made their load even tougher for them, heavier for them. And they said, if this is what God, Moses was almost, then God, God said, keep going. And Moses went back again and said, okay, if you don't do this, we're going to turn your waters. But he's not the one speaking. He tells, uh, tell him. And then he tells him what was going to go on. But just to stay away from the story, see how God reawakened the dream. And then he got back his vision. He was going to only, in his time, was just only going to help them to be comfortable. But God is saying, you're going to be a deliverer. You're getting them out of the land to the land of Canaan. You see how God does his thing? A small dream. And then God, when, when it's lost, God comes back again. He awakens the dream and puts you where you're supposed to be. May that be your portion this morning in Jesus' name. May God awaken your dream. Don't give it up. Don't give it up no matter what's coming to your life. No matter what's disturbing you right now. You feel down because something has happened in your life. Don't worry. The Bible says all things work together for what? For good. To those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. His purpose. His purpose. When He has proposed in His heart to do something through you, no one can stop Him. No matter how hard the devil tries, the devil cannot stop Him. All things. All things. You want another one? Think about Joseph. Joseph grew up in his father's house. He was the child that was his father's love. Because he was the firstborn of Rachel. And the father made him 
coats of many colors. The brothers were mad at him for that. And then God gave him a dream. Do you remember that? That he was going to be so great, his brothers will bow to him. Notice, I mean, Joseph's mind was, I'm going to rule all over you brothers in our little town, right? I'm going to be great. That was all he was thinking. I believe as a man, that's what I would think. If I have a dream like that, I'm thinking, I'm going to be, you guys are going to be bowing to me. He told them his first dream, and that dream had to do with agriculture. Sheep. So we were in the field, and we got our sheep together, and mine was standing upright, and the rest of you, uh, you bowed, to us, bowed down to, before me. You know what that was? God was going to show him how he was going to, to become great over his brother through food. Agriculture, right? That was what it was. First one. And then he had a second dream. And his father knew the dream. And his brothers hated him. He says, the father said, is it indeed you are expecting, you are believing that myself and my wife, your mother, we are going to bow down to you? And Joseph said nothing, but Jacob had it in his mind. That was his dream. That was a dream that God gave to him. And then the next thing that happened, he found himself by his brother's hands in a dry well. And they were going to kill him. Now it's no longer about dream. You are thinking of what? Survival. If you are in a survival mode today, may God deliver you from this very day. Amen. Pick up your dream again and live in your dream. Think about it all along. Because as you think about it, you speak it. And when you start speaking about it and talking about what God's going to do through your life, as you speak it, the Bible tells us life and death and the power of the tongue, right? And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So if you're thinking about it, you will begin to speak it. But if you're thinking about your current situation, that's exactly what you say from your mouth, and you are going to be right there. May God reawaken your vision this morning. And so, but it never got better for him. He was sold later as a slave. Sold as a slave. This was a man with great dreams. Are you going to be thinking, now you are no longer with your brothers, how are they going to bow down to you? The dream was gone. But God was with him. He was in Potiphar's house. Things got a little better for him. I'm sure he wasn't thinking about the dream anymore. Things got a little better for him. But Potiphar's wife had her eyes on, on him. And he escaped that. You would think he obeyed God, right? He did what was right. So God will free him from this troubles and this slavery. Guess what? They put him in prison. How are you going to dream of your brothers bowing down to you when you are in jail and have no clue as to when you are going to get out? Or if you will ever get out. It was the king's prison. For those that oppose him. That's the highest form of prison in the land. 
You're not getting out. If you get out, you die. So he was there. I'm sure he wasn't thinking about the dream. And then you had two individuals from Pharaoh's house come in. God was going to reawaken the dream. They came in. But there was something about Joseph's life. Even with everything that he was going through, he wasn't sad. He asked no question. He didn't say, God, why? Was that dream from you? Joseph didn't say anything. He just went through everything. And he was joyful. And he saw these two servants of Pharaoh. When they came in and they knew, Joseph said to them, they had their dream. One was going to be restored. The butler was going to be restored. And the other one's head will be taken off. And they had the dream, both of them, and were disturbed. And Joseph came to them. He says, why are you so sad? Well, if Joseph was sad, sad because he was in prison, <laughs> they would say, how are you so different? Right? You are sad. But he was a joyful man. And in his, his presence, I made them also joyful. But this day was a separate day, and they were sad. And they told him his dream, their dreams, and he interpreted the dream. Let me read this scripture here. Genesis 20, uh, 37, 9 through 10. Then the, he, he dreamed still another dream. That's the first part. I want to go first part to uh, Genesis 40. After uh, he had uh, told them the, the dream, he told the butler that was going to be restored, Genesis 40 verse 14. He says, but remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. You see what he was thinking? There was hope. Now, if Pharaoh gets him out, he's no longer a slave. You get that? That was what it was. But this time, the hope was beginning to build. And as it happened, you know the story. Pharaoh also had a dream and wanted the interpretation. And named the guy. The guy had forgotten about him. I'm sure you think about it. He was thinking, this is my way out. And we, don't, we are not told how many years that he was there. Guess what he'll be thinking? I probably will die in this uh, prison here. But God brought him back. And after that dream, and he became Joseph, as the scripture says. Now, his dream was just to be head over his family and his brothers. That was the dream. But now God brought him to a place in his dream where he was now the ruler of the people of Egypt, a strange land. Amen? But also every country around had to go to Egypt. They were coming to Joseph. Joseph had people, servants to take care of him. And all of that. And when his brothers came, they didn't even recognize their brother. And they all bowed down. Amen? To fulfill that part of the scripture. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. 
So I need you today, and I can go on to David as well. It's, it's such a pattern in the scriptures. You see the way of the Lord. Amen? This is the way God works. So if you're here this morning, my prayer is that that thing that has come against your dream of greatness, and I put you in a place where you think it can never happen because of the circumstances around you, the people around you, and all of that, I'm going to tell you this morning, because you have heard these words, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, because you have heard these words, God will begin to reawaken your vision. God will begin to reawaken your vision. Dream. Amen? The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. People, including you, start having vision, dreams of something greater than yourself. Something that you cannot handle yourself if you are doing it by yourself. When you can handle it yourself, you don't need God. But when it's bigger than you and it's a big dream, God will accomplish it for you. Amen? God will accomplish it for you. God will accomplish it for you. That's what, when I talk about the vision of the church, I'm not talking for me. Amen? I'm talking about every one of us. Every one of us. You will both reap souls, but you will also reap finances. Amen? Not only that, but as you follow God in your faith and your dream, Everybody's not going to do the job that I do as a pastor. You have your job, your ministries, what God has placed in you, and I have mine. But if you put it in that little dream, okay, put that dream in the hands of the living Father. Amen? And tell him, this is my dream, God. When it's through with, with, with your dream, it will be so big, it's like a man that God was blessing so much, after he had prayed and God was blessing him so much. I said this here before. And the blessings were coming right and left. And just a lot of things happening in his life. They were all good. He was going, he says, something is not right. How is it that I'm getting so blessed? So he went to God. Did I do anything wrong or something? Wanted to know. Because it was too much for him to handle. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. So much blessing for your life. Amen. Would you stand up with me this morning? Today, if you read Isaiah 54, Teresa, will you give me Isaiah 54, verse 1 and 2? I want you to read this. This has to do with dream, so you understand. Isaiah 54. Okay. It said, it says, Sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into sunshine and cry aloud. Into sorrow, into singing, oh my God, and sunshine. And cry aloud. Don't repeat it, okay? <laughs> you who have not labored with child, 
For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. Verse 2, the most important one here. Enlarge what? The place of your tent. Who is telling you to do that? Who is telling you to do that? This is God speaking. In other words, enlarge your vision. Your vision is too small. Dream. In your mind, dream. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains curtains of your dwelling. Listen to what he says. Do not what? Do not what? Go all way all out. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your sticks. Because he said you are about to spread out. Amen? You are about. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord this morning and recognize that God is in your life and God is at work in your life. And you are blessed of God. If you know Jesus of Nazareth, if you're giving your life to him, the Bible says he has surrounded you with favor as a shield. There is a shield over your life. A shield is not surrounded, means all over your life. He has surrounded you with favor as with what? A shield. Anywhere you go, your shield goes with you. And your shield is called favor. So nothing that is outside favor will come into your life. So dream. Dream today. And let God do a great work in your life. Amen. Do you have a dream this morning? Do you have a dream that was lost? It could be in the form of relationship. You seem like there's nothing I can do anymore. It could be business. It could be your life with God. It could be something that you want God to do for you. And you feel like, if I can only get this thing, my life will be complete. Whatever it is, I speak as a servant of God. God's going to do it for you. God's going to do it for you. Can I hear a big, larger amen? God's going to be doing it for you. A louder one. God's going to do it for you. Do you believe it? It's not me speaking, but God has given his word. He's going to do it for you. Amen? Lift your hands up today, this morning, and thank him, and tell him, God, I believe that you will do this for me. Because you are God, you cannot lie. Your word cannot return to you void. Amen. 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 If you believe that God's going to change things in your life today, could you put your hands together and give him a clap offering? He is worth it. He is worth it. He is God. I'm going to be speaking to those, those here. Uh, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've heard about him and have neglected listening, you're making a great mistake. The worst mistake you could ever make in your life. For me, the best decision I've made in life is the day that I accepted Jesus into my life. I was 
such a person where people were telling me, everybody else can become a Christian. You, we don't think so. Somebody told me that. And I was shocked that they thought I was that bad, you know. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to keep continue with the Christian life. I wasn't sure. But then I made a decision. No matter what happens, I want to serve God. And I gave my life to Him. And all of those things I was afraid of that would probably draw me back, none of them. None of them. None of them. God has kept me. Uh, I've struggled from time to time, but I have never left serving God or being in the house of God all my entire life since I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. He will keep you. You don't know how it's going to work. You don't know how those things that you may be doing that are wrong, how you're going to get away from it, but he's going to help you. He's going to help you. All of a sudden, you find out those things don't interest me anymore. And then that joy... I remember that joy that came into my heart. It was so strong. I didn't want anything to take it out of my life. It was it was happy time for me. And in that joy, I wasn't interested in the beer and all the crazy stuff I was doing. <laughs> I wasn't interested in any of them. Just Jesus. Amen? He's the greatest. So if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you, would you receive him today? If you're here this morning, all eyes closed, please bow your head. And, and please don't be ashamed if you know you need to make a dedication to Christ. Some of us have before, but we have kind of moved away from him. And no one is looking. If you're here or you're watching via the internet, If you will receive Christ as your Savior, that's all he asks, just to receive him. He's giving himself to you. You need to receive him. If that's you, would you put your hand up quickly? One, two, three. Put it up. One. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand too. Thank you. Thanks for being sincere because God's going to start a work in your life. That's great. Thank you, God. Would you all pray with me? Everybody. Because we all need Jesus. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son to die for my sin. Lord God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I want him to be my Savior. I believe he died, and he rose again. Jesus is alive today. And I want you, Jesus, in my life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now, I'm going to go a little further. I've never done this for, for a while. But if you're sick in your body, I also would like you to place your hand where you're hurting. Okay? Jesus sent his word, and his word healed them. That's all I know these days. He sent his word, Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word, and his word healed them. You know you've been hearing God's word all morning. You know what that is? It's his word sent to heal you. Pastor doesn't heal, but God heals. Amen? 
So I want you, if you're hurting in your body, I want to pray for you. If you're watching also via the internet or via television, I want to pray for you that God will heal you. Now, after we finish, do what you couldn't do before. You'll be amazed. The word has already healed you. Amen? If you can move your hand, you can move the hand. And don't be scared to move it because God has answered. Father God, I come against every pain, everything that's wrong in the, your people's body because we're here. Every one of us, we need your healing touch. Your word says, they cried out to me and I healed them and brought their souls up from the grave. I kept them alive that they should not go down to decay. You said, I am the Lord that heals you. Your word will not return to you void. So I speak healing upon your people this morning. I speak healing today by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you do what you couldn't do before? That's right. I know we're all shy. We're looking at everybody. I don't want to let anybody know how we're certain. But that's what we do. Amen. Raise your hand up as we close. If God touched you, please tell one of the ushers so you can talk to me as well. Father, we thank you. We give our dreams and our visions to you, God. If we've suffered disappointment, the Lord Jesus went to the cross for that. And so now we believe we're free to dream. And God, you are even bigger than our dreams. And we ask you, God, to help us to stay with our dreams until every dream is fulfilled by the power of your grace. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you.